Welcome back, everyone. After a long-ass wait, Ignorant is back. It is Ezric here, and we have a special guest here who is now going to be my co-host. It is Inoxki. Uh Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. How you got to this point? Uh, what's going on with your life? And just, just basically a little background information, man. We're glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks so much, Ezric. Um, yep, yeah, my name is Enochski. I also go by Enoch. Uh, which that that's how I'll probably be referred to the most in this uh, podcast. Uh, I have a background of streaming, and uh, I've been dabbling in politics for quite some time. Oh yes, and I will awesome. also be helping uh, Ezric uh, research, write, and um, edit uh, these episodes. Yeah, he's basically holding me accountable right now, you know, because I, I was slacking a lot lately, you know, and I I definitely have somebody now in my corner who is going to be, you know, my partner in crime, uh, you know, tackling these very controversial but very necessary topics. And I think that it's something that we all need to really get more of. So I thank you, Enoch, for, for helping me out here and for helping this get to point now where we're going to be pretty satisfied uh with that being said uh ignorant we have a little uh, some couple updates here uh so first of all we will be switching to a different platform uh for the sake of reaching a broader audience later on in the future uh, right now we are confined to anchor and spotify uh, but we are trying to find a way to distribute our content in other ways either uh, through YouTube or through streaming. Uh, either way, we're going to try to find some sort of outlet where we can uh, spread our message a little better. Uh, so it's not just going to be confined to audio, of course. Uh, we are definitely going to try to do some video content here later on in the future. Uh, but uh, with that also being said, uh, we have something of a... We developed a mission statement for our podcast with the help of Enoxi himself um, and it's that we are all ignorant but with the right attitude and proper research we can work to be a little less ignorant every day and I would give a round of applause right now to Enoch for coming up with that because I had no, I really didn't have any brains to come up with that and it, because like that that's a pretty well thought out statement and and I think you did a pretty good job with that man honestly thanks so um yeah let's let's go ahead and jump right in this so in this episode we will be talking about uh conservatism and progressivism uh and to be clear um not all conservatives are the same we will be talking about um core values and beliefs rather than uh um, the nuances of of uh you know the uh, political uh spectrum so uh, on top of that, conservative conservatism means different things to different people around the globe. It mean, or uh, at least to different cultures. So, you know, Amer an American conservative is way different from I don't know a uh, French conservative or a Chinese conservative. Um, it just you know it just means different things to different people. So we're not trying to paint uh, all Americans conservatives at with a uh, broad brush, we are just talking about uh, core values. Sure. 
And yeah, that's like what we definitely want to let our audience know. This is uniquely American. So if you have a different theory of what conservatism is in a different country, it probably is not going to help in this episode. Probably very minuscule. But at the end of the day, it's mostly going to be confined to here in America, where we're based on. Mm -hmm. And where there are a, there's a lot of stuff. There's a, there's a lot of complicated things when it comes to progressivism and conservatism. And that's where we can get started. And let's talk about two words, all right? The two words that I just mentioned um, that everyone involved in politics should know by now. And that is, of course, progressivism and conservatism. And if you look at everywhere around the globe, there is some sort of variation of these two ideologies in every single political institution. I guarantee you, you'll find a left and a right wing, a liberal conservative wing anywhere on the globe. I almost guarantee you. But as Enoch said before, they mean different things. But here in America, let's talk about what these two things mean. Let's start first with progressivism. So let's look at the root word of progressivism. What is it? It's progress. What is progress? To change, to reform an existing system, to challenge the status quo, you know, like all that sort of stuff. You know, I'm just trying to be stupid here, but it really is all that. That's really what the definitions are. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be com incredibly complicated. A lot of people like to do that, but it is what it is. That's what it is to change. And what progressivism is at its core and people who believe in it is that society itself can be more civil and less barbaric if they focus on strengthening empirical knowledge. And those would be academia, rational thinking, uh, using evidence and science, anything that can anything that can be empirical, like empir like fact, even if it goes against the status quo. And progressives are there to criticize and analyze the current state of affairs. That's what progressivism is at its core. Progressivism uh, is the mindset that uh, things aren't as good as they can be. They can be better. And um, that together we can strive towards, uh, you know, a future where things are better than the past. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's like, like progressivism is really the idea that changes or reforms need to be made in the current system right now uh, so that the goals of the progressive individuals are met and uh, like like we said before it's progress it's that things can be better and the fight is on to make sure that these things are accomplished like For every sure. dichotomy there's always going to be a good and a bad you know there's going to be a yin and a yang, black or white. You got the brightness and darkness. Earth and sky. You, know, you have, 
Exactly. Earth and sky. You have fire and ice. You have all these different dichotomies. You have opposites. There is an opposite to progressivism. And of course, conservatism. So everything that we just defined about what progress is, now switch it over. And, and that's, that's conservatism. But let's actually get to the real definition of it. So the root word, conserve, to protect and to respect the, and follow the status quo and to preserve the existing system. And conservatives believe that society can become more civil and less barbaric if they focus on defending traditional values. So it's different from how it was before. Empirical knowledge, that's out the window. Now you have to defend what you already have, which is tradition, which can come in the form of organized religion, come in parliamentary government, laissez-faire economics, anything like that. Any sort of institution like that has to be preserved. And they will reject any effort that could impede the ability of these institutions to execute their authority and oversight in society. So conservatism believes that the systems are meant to be preserved and any change could potentially destroy the functions of society. So they are pro-status quo and they will resort mostly to, to, to tradition rather than science. And if it goes against a fundamental belief, the ideas are often discouraged so that people will be able to preserve their power and influence. And that's basically what conservatism is. Just get the root word to conserve, and that's to protect. To protect what? To protect the status quo. Even if the status quo is terrible, you will still defend it because there is something to gain from it. Especially those on top. And that's what we're going to get slowly into because there are other root words that are very, very important when you look at them. When you look at progressivism and conservatism, you're going to, I think, go up and you're going to not zoom in, but you're going to zoom out and you're going to see that there's actually much more than just that small little speck in America, in the political world where American progressivism and conservatism fit. And Enoch, talk to me. Talk to me about these two words because I need somebody to enlighten everyone about <laughs> the most two more important words. They're not the most important, but they are two that are very, very important when it comes to what truly defines progressivism and conservatism. Yeah, uh, those two words would be equality and hierarchy. So with the uh, uh, conservative mindset of uh, we need to conserve the things that are, well, if you look at the way that things are today, it's hierarchical. There are people on the bottom, there are people in the middle, and there are people on the top. And uh, progressives believe uh, in equality. They believe more in... Um, well, actually, let me just define equality. The equality, or equality is the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, and opportunities. Um, those who believe that equality will make society better 
believe that all people having the same rights and opportunities in the same or similar status will make people free and happy. So, um, it's th there's there's uh, little to no room for a hierarchy um, when your core value is equality. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with that. Equality can't you can't have a hierarchy in a equal society almost like you can't you can have like very small ones like let's say for example like a nuclear family that's something that could still exist in an equal society you know you're not going to banish a nuclear family something that is an interpersonal hierarchy those still exist what we're talking about here is equality in the sense of society of a social structure you know where there are governments or institutions that in of itself would not exist in an equal society not as we see it today yeah all sure unjust hierarchies oh my apologies uh uh un it would be the abolition of un all unjust hierarchies um uh, when everybody has the same uh, uh rights um and opportunities when you get to a position of power you would have you would have had earned it instead of it being handed to you um through uh i don't know um i don't know trust funds trust funds and uh what's the word i'm looking for uh inheritance yeah there we go that that sort of stuff that's the thing that wouldn't necessarily fly you know hierarchies on the other hand that's where that sort of stuff comes into play yeah and yeah like enoch if you want to go into hierarchy a little bit more just completely shift from what equality is and now go into a completely different spectrum yeah because now so, we're going in a different universe yeah so yeah, on one hand, you have equality, which is, as I said, the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, and opportunities. Hierarchy is a way of organizing where people or groups of people are ranked one above the other based on their status or authority. So people who believe in authority, oh, sorry, hierarchy, um, believe that uh, having rigid economic or social structures provides protection uh, from external and internal threats, along with being more efficient. Um, so, uh, you know, with, with a hierarchy, you know, everything in the hierarchy has to justify itself or, uh, or, or uh, protect itself. So, um, from, from outside or inside threats, you know, the people who believe in equality or the people on the bottom, if they want to move up, uh, they... Or if they want to flatten, sorry, if they want to flatten the uh, the pyramid, flatten the uh, hierarchical triangle, if you will, um, they have to uh, fight it because the, um, the the hierarchies are rigid. They don't want to move. Uh, well, they do want to move, but they want to move up where it gets pointier. The the haves would eventually have more than the have-nots or more so than they did before for sure 
and that's where people I, I would I just want to clarify for those who are still tagging along you know you're you're probably all thinking how did we just get into this wild tangent well there isn't a tangent here because it all will connect it all makes sense because the the last two definitions will make it all connect together like look think back about how we define progressivism and then differentiate that with conservatism now when you talk about progressivism you're thinking about changing a system that exists right now so that it can become better and then when you conserve or a conservatism is to protect the system that has some sort of that you have some benefit in protecting that system whether that would be because you gain that you keep wealth you keep status or anything of that nature but think about what they are trying to preserve what are they trying to change most of the time they are trying to change these two words that we were just talking about so that progressives will tend to go for a more equal society because the current system is hierarchical in which there are people up on top like if you draw an imaginary pyramid there are people up on top very small and they have an immense source of wealth and power but it's not fair for all the ones at the bottom and they want to flatten it like like Enoch just said to flatten this hierarchy down so that it can become equal but the conservatives will tend to promote this type of hierarchy and justify it to some degree through different ways and Enoch you can get into this uh you know right after I finish this point about what different ways do people or conservatives defend these hierarchies and tend to discourage this notion of equality that's that's basically what it is really and when we get to our next uh, two definitions you know we have like so many different definitions we might as well be a dictionary but think about it in this sense that everything here is going to be interconnected and Enoch just explain to me what is it that conservatives love so much about hierarchy how do they justify hierarchy well in the uh, in a psychological sense hierarchies uh, give us more um, I wouldn't say dependency but rather uh, consistency um, you know the people in the bottom always being in the bottom, people in the middle always being in the middle, people in the top always being on top. You know what to expect day in, day out. Um, that's that's what hierarchies uh, tend to give people. Um, that's And that's why people um, are more likely... Uh, or that's why people... That, that's, that's what um, people on the bottom uh, find attractive. Well, that's not just on the bottom, but you know what I mean. That's what people find so attractive about hierarchies it's a consistency um for sure uh and the reason why those people are the the people who believe in hierarchies are often conservative is because well going back to the root word of conservative uh it's conserving the way things are and the way things are right now 
are hierarchical. And if you think about it, that's basically how it's been since almost the beginning of civilization. You've had the creation of hierarchies to differentiate, you know, like the slaves and the masters, the kings and the peasants, you know. You've had this enormous amount of time where you have had justification of hierarchies through different means. So, like, whether that would be through religion, uh, divine right of king. So the king has the authority by God, by a celestial being, um, to control other humans, even though they are themselves human. But they give themselves this title that basically entitles them to rule over these people. And these hierarchies have been going on for centuries, if not millennia. And if you look back in history, it's always conservatives that will tend to lean on the side of defending these hierarchies and institutions because they have something to gain from it. They have something, uh, they have something at stake. Whether that would be power, influence, money, like any of these things. But that goes into another dilemma where we will go onto this incredibly well-placed tangent. So, these are the next two root words. And these are probably the most important words that anybody can learn when it comes, or anybody can learn and take from this. So, like, forget Republican or Democrat or left-wing, left -wing, right-wing, um, even progressive conservative equality hierarchy. Forget all those words for just a second and just think about these two words because these are probably the most important ones. And really are the ones that matter the most when it comes to defining who you are as a person. It goes even farther than just politics. It tells you who you are and what you believe about society. And I have to give credit to our, um, our fellow comrade Vosh for doing this uh, explanation in one of his older videos on politics. Uh, so I did kind of tweak it a little bit uh, I know that he probably is a lot better at explaining this stuff than I am or we are, you know. Uh, but here's my attempt at kind of making it a little bit more hyper-reductive. So you have a line, okay? And you can just picture this in your head or you can actually draw this out. It would help if you drew this out. So, like, if you can, just grab a piece of paper and get just a, a regular old number two Ticonderoga pen or pencil, I mean, and just start drawing a straight line and then put little cute arrows on the, on the ends. And in the middle, you're going to draw an X. On the left side, you're going to draw a circle. And on the right side, you're going to draw a triangle. And now you're going to put capital E's on top of them. And I'm going to tell you these two important words. On the left side, you have a circle. That is egalitarianism. And then on the other side, you have elitism. So these two words. Egalitarianism and elitism. Let's start with egalitarianism first. What does it mean to be an egalitarian? To be an egalitarian is to believe that all humans, everyone, they're all equal, 
and everyone who is an egalitarian promote ideas or reforms that strive to create an equal opportunity for all people. And they reject any form of institution or policy that does not achieve the goal of egalitarianism. That is at its core what egalitarianism is. Now let's go on to the other side. What does it mean to be an elitist? To be an elitist is to believe that certain people or groups of people deserve better treatment by the virtue of a social construct such as wealth, race, citizenship, uh, intelligence, anything like that. An elitist will promote policies that maintain the status quo and reinforce institutions that favor such hierarchies. So, if you got all that, you didn't have to write it all down. All you gotta do is just look at that. And with the definitions that we all just gave you, think about where you lie on that spectrum. And this doesn't pose a political dilemma. This is actually gonna determine who you are as a person. Character-wise, if you shift to egalitarianism, then you are most likely a progressive. If you shift towards elitism and believe that people deserve better treatment because of their race, wealth, anything like that, you're more likely a conservative. That is basically where everything just ties up. Because if you think about it, equality, egalitarianism is rooted in equality. Elitism is rooted in hierarchy. So now you're starting to see the puzzle starting to come together. You're starting to see all this like these these lightning bolts just coming in through your head. You know, you're you're it's starting to make sense now. Everything is starting to connect. Because of these two simple words. And and, and that's basically it. Just think of those two words. Think of that straight line and think where you lie on that spectrum and enoch i i hope i didn't screw up your mind too much when i just <laughs> gave up that a huge explanation man because i i even screwed myself up you know just giving that definition i think i started to see stars yeah it, it makes sense it. you know progressives progressives are egalitarians who believe in equality and conservatives are elitists who believe in hierarchy basically it yeah. i mean think about it and and just give me i'm gonna give you i'm gonna pose you a question okay mm -hmm. and because this is something that i've heard many people say uh from the right wing or conservatives or um anybody from uh from the right wing once once they hear the word elitist they think about the globalists, they think about Hollywood, they think about um, uh, the democratic uh, institution, you know, or the democratic party. They think about establishment politicians, uh, the incredibly wealthy who so happen to also be Democrats. Um, they, they look at elitism in such disdain, but if you look at the root words of conservatism and then going over to hierarchy, and then going to see an elitism, it, they're basically hating themselves in some degree. 
if they say that they're anti-elite. So, explain to me, like, if I'm, if I'm a person who is a right-winger and then ask, like, why would you say that I'm an elitist? You know, if I'm a conservative, I'm against the elite. I, I hate Hollywood. I hate all these celebrities that have all this sort of money that push these narratives that don't make sense. Like, how is a conservative anti-elite, but also by definition themselves promoting elitism? Well, um, it's important to note that conservatives don't really separate the elites by power influence. They separate them through uh, ideology. So when an elite has conservative beliefs, um, conservatives don't often see them as, well, an elite. They see them as one of the common people. And the opposite is true for uh, progressives or uh, progressivism. If they see um, that an elite has progressive values or are at least pretending to have progressive values or, um, uh, you know, if they're just not conservative, uh, they just see them as an elite. A really good example of this is uh, the differences between Donald Trump and Oprah Winfrey. Um, they both have a similar Ooh, net yes. worth. Yeah, they both have a similar net worth. Uh, right now, Donald, Donald Trump has a net worth of $2.5 billion, while Oprah has $2.6 uh, Donald Trump has had actual political power for four years. He was the president. Uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey was never a politician. Uh, she's done uh, 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 she's done some charity, but um, but nothing nothing where she actually held political power. Um, Donald Trump. Um, he, he, he was a famous celebrity, um, not as famous as Oprah, I would say, but he, he was still up there. Um, so I would say like out of the two, both, or, um, out of the two, I'd say Donald Trump has had more power than Oprah Winfrey. Winfrey. Would you, would you say that Donald Trump has had more power than Oprah Winfrey? Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. <laughs> If you look, if you compare, yeah, I mean, definitely he's had much more political and social influence when it yeah. comes uh, when it comes to him. Yeah. However, you know, if you ask a conservative, the average conservative, if they think Donald Trump is an elite, they they say no. You know, your Tim Pools, your Ben Shapiro's, your you know, they they often say no. Donald Trump is not an elite. And but if you ask them if they think Oprah Winfrey uh, is an elite, they often say yes. Um, however, they, you know, they have similar, they, they've had similar powers, you know, barring, you know, Donald Trump's vast political, <laughs> political, uh, um, uh, pull. Um, so, so like, wh what's, what's the difference? Like, what's the main difference? Um, and I say that's that's their uh, beliefs. Donald Trump is a conservative. He believes in um, tax cuts, deregulation, increased military spending. He rejects the idea of man-made climate change. That uh, he's pro-death penalty. He's uh, legalized some forms of LGBTQ plus discrimination and all sorts of things. While Oprah, she supports LGBTQ plus rights. She supports gun control. Uh, she supports a better path to citizen citizenship for uh, immigrants. Uh, she's a self-proclaimed feminist and all sorts of things. So when you get down to it, uh, Donald Trump uh, 
is a conservative, Oprah Winfrey is a progressive, uh, and when you ask a conservative about these two people who have similar power, which one's an elite, they say Donald Trump is not an elite, they say the conservative is not an elite, but the progressive is. And that's, and it's not just these two, you know, it's, it, it was just the best um, example I could come up with uh, at the moment, but, uh, but it's a, it's an ongoing pattern, you know, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see a conservative elite and they'll go, no, they're not an elite, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're one of us. And then you'll see a, a progressive elite and they'll say, no, they're not, or they, they are, sorry, they are an elite. Yeah, and that's like where the distinction is a little bit um, kind of murky, you know, because like it, there's a lot of overlap. And I think that when pe when conservatives in America claim to be against the elite, they get most of their talking points and information from the conservative think tank, you know, which is like Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, all these other uh, far right like uh, media outlets where they get most of their information and they will peddle to these wild conspiracy theories about like the deep state and you go down if down the rabbit hole enough you'll get to like QAnon and stuff and uh then you have this elite where it's portrayed as this like secret cabal of like people who uh, prey on children or that they like prey on like the the weak Americans or like the most vulnerable or anything like that. And like, it's incredibly insane who they define as elite people because everything that they say would, would classify them as a, would classify somebody as an elite basically could apply to almost every Republican politician and every conservative, like hedge fund manager, uh, billionaire. You got like people, I don't know, business owners that are incredibly wealthy. All these people could basically be applied to the elite. Politicians but and celebrities as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's where we need to clearly define who makes, what makes somebody part of the elite. And for the sake of our conservative audience, and also for our leftist audience that is having a hard time trying to find out what really is elitism and who makes this you know, elite structure or who who's part of it. So as somebody who was a former conservative, okay, I can basically tell you a clear-cut non-biased perspective of what it means through the conservative perspective of who's part of the elite. So that would be anyone who is ideologically different from the common man or this myth of the common man. Uh, Anyone who is different from, from the common man is, is part of the elite. And it's just basically as simple as that. And there is discrepancy because there's a lot of overlap as to who is in the elite. And this is used to prevent dissonance because there is a lot, and I mean a lot of contradictions when it comes to defining the elite. Just like Enoch just basically uh, stated when it came to Oprah Winfrey and Trump. You know, these are people who have similar net worths they had similar celebrity status um they have some sort of influence over our society and 
here you have somebody or you have a group of people that have defined and characterized these people as completely different like ideological uh different ideologies you know one that is a global globalist elitist scumbag and then you have another who is a righteous sent from heaven god you know that became president to defend americans that's basically what it is but again they're somewhat similar when it comes to celebrity status and net worth of course but through the lens of a progressive true elites are people who hold significant power or influence over society whether it is through government wealth accumulation celebrity status anything like that that is basically what an elite person is or those who make part of the elite because elites don't necessarily have to have similar political beliefs they just have to hold hierarchies in high regard a sense that keeps them powerful and influential they democrat and republicans can both be elites because they would like to have that hierarchy where they can have the power and influence to control government to control the economy to do all that sort of stuff you know they can they, they'll work in cahoots against common people but conservatives are often times playing to these talking points from the from the uh right-wing think tank that claim that all of these people who are progressive that are not socially conservative these are the people who are actually elites but there's no real way to define who the elite are when there's a lot of overlap which is why i think that it's more just a trend than anything it's not even really serious to even talk about the elite when it comes to the right-wing circle because it's like i said uh like i have stated to enoch before you know anti-elitism in the gop in the right wing is oxymoronic it doesn't make any sort of sense because you'll have a lot of contradictions when it comes to conservatives defending the rich while also telling their base that rich celebrities are causing moral decay such as like the hollywood actors and actresses and all that sort of stuff they believe in the suppression of free press you know with with trump you know openly stating that he some that he didn't want journalists in in the white house that you know contradicted a lot of his talking points uh, but they also hate the idea of cancel culture so there's there's a lot of overlap that's what i believe like it just doesn't make any sort of sense and i think that at its core elitism when talked about in right-wing circles should not really be taken seriously unless they have a clear-cut definition without any overlap as to who the elite are that's yeah, for I sure um that. yeah well like the the uh, belief the core belief of the conservative is uh to protect uh the hierarchy you know and a hierarchy has to have elites so um in order for a conservative to be anti-elite um is simply self-contradictory so yeah we've we've talked about um elitism for a little while so why not we why don't we just uh go ahead and go into egalitarianism um 
So yeah, egalitarianism. Uh, they believe in egalitarian egalitarianists believe in equality that um, uh, without uh, any reasonable exception that everyone is equal and strives to per perfect society by advancing for policy that dismantles uh, unjust hierarchies and unequal systems. Um, so uh, there's there's a few questions people often have about. Um, uh, egalitarians so like um, uh, the uh, paradox of intolerance for example it's like well if they believe everybody is equal it's like why you know why 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 do they try to like push some people out of their spaces like um, uh, hate speech you know uh, why, why do th these egalitarians believe in safe spaces that push other beliefs out of uh, those areas and um, yeah th that's called the paradox of intolerance uh, and the reason for that is some beliefs uh, are anti-tolerance so if we allow these anti-tolerant beliefs into these uh, tolerant spaces soon those tolerant spaces won't exist anymore and we won't have any tolerance um, so that's that explains the you know uh, uh, so much for the tolerant left kind of uh, kind of attitude. Um, you know, if if we leave, oh, it's like a democracy. You know, would you be okay with voting democratically voting someone in who is anti-democracy? <clears throat> that that would be. Uh, contradictory that would be um it would be unda i'd argue that would be undone undemocratic to vote in an anti-democratic person democratically it um it's uh self-destructive and that's why you don't often see uh uh people with um certain certain uh, viewpoints in these um, safe spaces or in uh, or in just lefty or egalitarian spaces for sure I mean that's that's the thing that definitely a lot of conservatives will have a hard time believing that because they believe that they also are entitled to a space where they can express their views freely and that is true but speech is limited. You can't just walk into a movie theater and yell fire and claim that it's a free speech and then people get trampled to death because they're escaping the so-called fire. There's mm. limitations to free speech. Even There's in public spaces. To tolerance. Exactly. Even in public yes. spaces. Have you ever tried yelling in a library? <laughs> the, exactly. It's it's a public place. They'll they'll ask you to leave. They'll 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 even, you know, They'll even, you know, call the cops and ask you and, and have the cops get you to leave, you know, if, if you're being uh, disruptive enough, you know, just because it's a public space doesn't mean you can say or do anything you want. No, sure. And it doesn't mean and that whatever what... you say is good. Exa yeah, exactly. And that's the thing that egalitarianism is rooted in the idea that everyone is equal. But you can't have people in that mix who don't believe that people should be equal. It just can't happen. Because every, you, 
like the paradox of intolerance says, if you tolerate these people in your society, how are you going to have an equal society when you have even two people, even one person, believe that people shouldn't be equal? There needs to be hierarchy. There needs to be a, a caste system so that we can d differentiate people of different races. And that, you know, this egalitarian stuff is bullshit and all that sort of stuff. You can't, you can't do that in an egalitarian society. So yes, there is an extent where egalitarians themselves would have to agree that people who are intolerant cannot be in their society. So if they want to play that card, I guess you can say that egalitarians don't believe everyone is equal. It's just because the people who don't, the, the people who they kick out of their, you know, let's say their hypothetical society would be those that are fundamentally against their beliefs. Who would want to have anybody in their group that doesn't believe in the advancements of, of, of a better society? Who would want mm -hmm. that? Who would want to have a group member that's going to destroy the group? You know, you just kick them out. As better as that. You know, you're not going to have something like that going about. Yeah. And that's that's what i guess that's what some conservatives are failing to just to grasp is that it's not that we have a personal grudge against them it's that their views are fundamentally anti-egalitarian and if they cannot exist in a they cannot exist in a society where their views are against egalitarianism their beliefs, their beliefs cannot exist in a society where everybody is, should be treated, or where everybody is treated equal. For sure. It's a simple. Mm -hmm. It's a simple lesson there. It, call it as you wish. I mean, this is like almost elementary, because you you can take out all the partisanship of the topic if you just put it in these like very philosophical terms that even a elementary kid would be able to differentiate what egalitarianism is and what elitism is and you have to make sure that you explain it well to the point where you give it clear cut and simple you know mm -hmm. to be an egalitarian is to believe everyone is equal everyone deserves a chance to to live their life as happy as possible and that human happiness is for everyone is the goal for society but then you have elitism on the other side where you believe that there are certain people that deserve to have a better life and some of them don't because of the virtue of some sort of social construct yeah, that's where they that, belong yes yeah and that's that's what you would need to define if i can make a children's book about this i could because it it definitely is important for people to understand that these two dichotomy this dichotomy is probably the most important to learn before any other political theory i definitely believe that wholeheartedly because these two things will make up a big chunk of your political beliefs and when you look at healthcare, when you look at the economy when you look at race when you look at education or student loans every single one of those issues will have some sort of premise as to everyone deserves the, the, everyone deserves free healthcare. 
And some people don't deserve health, free health care because some people earn it. Some people don't deserve student loan forgiveness. Some Everybody deserves student loan forgiveness. You have all of these sorts of arguments that will be based and rooted on this dichotomy. Yeah, That's it's... <clears throat> legitimately it, what it is. It boils down to... Um, do you think people deserve to where do you think people deserve to be where they are yes oh right like right now yes do you deserve that you know the homeless on the street do you think that they deserve to be where they are right now the uh single mother who's working two jobs uh and you know 90 percent of her wages for her second job is going to towards babysitting um like, does she deserve to be where she is? Um, do uh, the multi-billionaires, do they deserve to be where they are? Do they, do they earn that? Um, it, it, just, it just boils down to, do you think these people deserve what they got? Um, and for the most part, I don't believe that, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I think people, um, for the most part, aren't uh as in control of their own lives as uh we would like to believe if if all my choices if all if my work ethic um uh actually you know meant uh it or sorry let me put this in a different way um sometimes uh or a lot of times what you choose can be overridden by who someone else is and who you are in in our current Agreed. system and i don't i don't think that's right i think i think Not people should get what they earn and um i i think everyone should deserve to be as ha happy and as healthy as humanly possible and i think the only way that we can do that is through an egalitarian mindset and through egalitarian policies. And that leads us to our last points. Mm -hmm. Now, why aren't we conservatives then? And we basically summed it up, but like we can go into more detail, of course, because there are many reasons why we aren't conservatives. And this is coming from two people who used to be conservative and we have different you know we have different reasons we have different ways that we got to this to the place that we are now but enoch let's start with you first yeah. why aren't you a conservative so one of the two reasons why i'm not a conservative is because i i think the mindset of conserving hierarchies often leads into uh, protecting unjust uh, oppressive systems whether it's economic moral or social so um for example for the, a, a, an unjust economic hierarchy um uh, big businesses like there is it the way we structure our businesses now with a couple owners on the top doing as much work as if not less work than the workers on the bottom earning more or receiving more money than the people who are working harder than them um, at the bottom. I, I think that's unjust. 
just because your name is on a piece of paper doesn't mean you should earn more than the people actually working. Um, uh, and for yeah, and for moral hierarchy, um, what you often see is uh, those who follow conservative Christian values. Um, they are considered uh, upright by conservatives, while following anything else um, makes you a degenerate. So, um, so you know, if you drink or smoke, um, then you know you're a degenerate. Or if you're gay, or if you're trans, um, that that you will be considered a degenerate. You will be considered. Uh, the lowest of the low on the moral hierarchy. Uh, and for social hierarchies, a good example would be um, uh, being a Christian conservative uh, would make you righteous, uh, while being a non-conservative Christian or even a conservative from a different religion, uh, that makes you, that puts you on the bottom of the hierarchy. On the top, you'd have conservative Christians. Um, in the Towards the middle, you'd probably have something like uh, progressive Christians, um, and on the bottom you'd have, um, I, I, I found that they tend to be, uh, more harsh towards, uh, people of different religions than, um, even if they're conservative, uh, than, uh, progressive Christians. So at the bottom you'd often see, you know, conservative Muslims, progressive Muslims, um, atheists, uh, even agnostics, Buddhists, you know, uh, Jews, the, you'd see those people on the bottom of the social hierarchy. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for that, you know, I, I think all these hierarchies are unjust um, and uh, that we need to change them. Um, however, this, is, this feeds into my uh, second point. The mindset of, you know, things are the way they are. It's as good as it gets. Um, it holds us back from achieving things that make us uh, better off, like civil rights and government or economic reform. Um, it, you know, I, I've had conversations with conservatives before where I'm like, you know, this, this is a bad thing, you know, uh, you know, that's vague, but I'll be like, this is bad. I don't like it. And, <laughs> yeah. and they go, well, that's just how it is. That's how the world works. But that's, it's not how the world works. The world can be so much better. We have, you know, we've we've tried it before, and you know, the, it's it's being tried, and it's working. And um, you know, how many times has that been said before, uh, and it turns out to be wrong? You know, back in the '60s, you know, uh, people some some people believed, you know, it's like well, they thought that uh, black people, uh, you know, this they believed the whole separate but equal kind of thing, um, and it's like well. You know, this is as good as it gets. This is it can be it can be better for either either party in this uh, in this situation. Um, but uh, uh, through uh, civil rights uh, protests and activism and uh, government reform, uh, we found ourselves in a world where um, racial tensions are <laughs> they seem pretty bad, but they're actually at an all time low. Racial tensions have been getting lower and lower, generally, at least compared to, you know, 80 years ago. Sure. We found ourselves in a better world because instead of saying things are the way they are, it gets as good as it gets. We go, what if we strive for a better world? 
and um, you can't you can't get that with um, conservatism. That's why that's one of the two, what's uh, two of one of the many reasons why I'm not a conservative. Sure, I mean that's that basically that's one of them too. You know, like I have several, but I think definitely the idea of conformity. I never liked that. Even when I used to be a conservative, I tend to, I used to like preser preserving these types of systems because they were traditional. It was history, you know. It was something that needed to needed to be kept in a in a like in good condition. But sometimes it would piss me off that we wouldn't change things because sometimes they weren't working. And that's when the dissonance came in. You know, that's when they were like, well, are you really a conservative if you really want to change these things that are working so well? Yeah, but they're not really working that well. Yeah, but then you're not really a conservative then. Well, and then all these sorts of arguments would come about. And that's the mindset of conformity, of just being complacent about the way things are. I hate that. And that's one of the reasons why I am not a conservative either. But I think one of the bigger ones that that came to me as to why I don't follow this ideology anymore is that I believe in equality for all people. You know, uh, whereas conservatism advocates for an arbitrary class system or some sort of crazy social order. You know, you have religion. You know, that I am still a spiritual person, but the institution of religion sometimes scares me because of the way people use it to justify these crazy hierarchies. Like trying to put these, like uh, putting the sinners down in the bottom, but also having these people who are hypocrites that go to church, that they are the ones who are somehow righteous. You have people that justify uh, the wealth gap by looking uh at the demographics and saying well these people they're just lazy they're not doing anything you know uh they're not looking for jobs they should have done this differently they should have done that but they neglect historical patterns or they had uh, just completely neglect the fact that there are certain events in history that have caused people to be the way they are or to be put in the place of the socioeconomic ladder uh, because of the things that happened in the past. So that is one of the bigger reasons why I left is because conservatism doesn't advocate for these changes to go about in these sort of hierarchies or in this class system. It doesn't. It preserves them because there are a lot of people that will benefit from that, mainly the rich and powerful. And one of the bigger things that that you said um, that stuck out to me about trying to explain this idea is that the most basic necessities of life can only be given to those who can afford it. That is the idea that I completely reject from people that say that there are certain people in this world that have the things they do because they earned it. Uh, they worked for it super hard. But like that's not true because you gave it a good example. There are people who work hours. They, they, they literally almost put themselves on uh, their lives on the line to put just the basic necessities, you know, food, water, shelter, you know, they do that, but they still can't afford 
the same luxuries or other sort of uh, the, the best things in life or even the simple stuff because they're just fed the, the, the crumbs of the CEOs. So this sort of hierarchy, this sort of institution, this wealth gap, this division of classes that is preserved by, by conservatism, that it just doesn't make sense to me. And that, that things not making sense with conservatism is the other point that the reason why I left is that American conservatism is just a bunch of, uh, it, it's, it's an incredibly contradictory mess. It's, it's a mess. It really is. Uh, because you have people who believe that they deserve their freedoms, uh, but other people don't. And that's also by virtue of a social construct. That's basically what it is in my eyes, is that they will see themselves as better than others because they are American citizens or because they're men or because they're white or because anything like that. They deserve more freedoms or they deserve more chances in life because of who they are. But they so happen to claim that they're freedom for everybody, liberty for all, but they don't actually believe that. And the same with like big businesses and like with like putting emphasis on the business and little on the government. But then they go ahead and then they, they, they cheer on company towns as if like that's not socialist or communist like they would say. That's basically a company owning the whole damn town. You know? That, what, how different is that from the government? You know, the government having control of a whole town and owning the property and owning how much you have to pay for parking or anything like that. It doesn't make sense to me. And that's more like of a libertarian thing, but like, even then, that's still somewhat tied in with conservatism. And that's that's really it, though. There are a lot of holes in in the logic of conservatism here in America. And it's not cohesive. It really isn't, which is why you have that whole of like who elitists are, who are the who are the elite, who are not the elite, uh, who is the deep state or whatnot, and who really is for freedom for all. All this sort of convoluted mess is is really just messes with my head, which is why I just don't believe in conservatism at all because it it's a hot mess, and it's if somebody can really put it to me like in a beautiful red velvet cake then i'd be able to try it but it's that nobody has been able to give me a comprehensive a solid backing of the ideology for me to actually fall for it other than how it did before which was just a bunch of brainwashing but that's the only way that they'll get me but i ain't falling for that no more chief so i need something solid if until then, that's why I'm not a conservative. That's really it, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this episode, um, it wasn't meant to change your mind, uh, but for you to think about the core values and definitions uh, of either side. For sure. And, you know, although it was incredibly reductive, you know, this dichotomy uh, gets to the root of not just our political beliefs, but it really is getting to the the, the root of basic human morality. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, 
And if you do change your mind, uh, you aren't going to be shamed for leaving conservatism, uh, unless it's by other conservatives. Uh, we both uh, have left conservatism, and um, that's the only people we get shit from, really. We, um, you know, we we didn't have to, you know, when we left the right, um, we didn't have to do any, uh, you know, uh, any, um, what did I say earlier? Was it um uh penance or whatever? Like yeah. to... I, I didn't have to say any Hail Marys or our fathers. I you know, I didn't have to say, you know, I didn't have to whip my back and go, I'm white and I'm sad, you know, I I didn't have to do any of that. <laughs> I didn't have to do any of that. Um but today, you know, still like you know, I'll I'll have I'll have conversations with conservatives and they'll find out that I left. Uh that I used to be conservative and they just get even more angry. Um, than they already were. Um, and I've been friends with Ezric for a long time, and uh, I've I've seen uh, conversations between you know you and uh, and other and uh, and conservatives on uh, social media, and you know it doesn't go well. No, no. You know, we we try <laughs> our best. We try our best to you know be. Um, as uh, clear, concise, and um, uh, kind, clear, concise, and kind as possible, um, and it's it still goes wrong, you know, nine times out of ten. Yeah, for sure. And that's the unfortunate part, you know, because um, still to this day, I still get some sort of flack uh, because I spend most of my time just posting about political content. So, of course, there will be people who will jump on that and then be like, well, you know, just a couple of years ago, you would have said something different or they would DM me and say stuff like that. You know, like it's really is an almost an unforgiving cycle. You know, um, it's it's kind of heartbreaking because there are friendships that I've had or that maybe Enoch has had that with with people who were ideologically similar that now are not the same really when it comes to when it comes to this type of stuff and it really is no joke you know politics is a messy game and it really does complicate relationships whether that would be friends or intimate or anything or uh family relationships anything like that you know it it really does uh do a lot because it, it like we said before it really just comes down to who you are as a person it's it's what your morality is, like where you stand morally. And some people just don't want to admit that they don't believe everyone is equal, or maybe they do believe everyone is equal. And that's hard. That's sometimes hard to state in this day and age where polarization is like at an all time high. So like doing this, it takes some sort of courage from us because we, we know that there are people hearing us that hurt us before when we used to be ideologically different uh but now we feel like it's kind of kind of our mission really to to fix the the wrongs of the past we can't change what we did but we can at least try to do what we can in the present um so that other people don't fall for the same mistakes so that people are more aware so that people can be less ignorant ah and yeah you see so that people so that people can actually 
you know, open their eyes. And I don't mean that in like a like a cliche way, because people really are so close minded or so just seeing what's in front of them without looking uh, to the side. There's more to the story than just what's in front of you. And for the longest time, it's like we were just seeing in a straight line. Uh, but now we can see a little bit more, even though, yes, we are still a little ignorant. You know, we can all admit that we do have our ideas that sometimes are based off of no facts, you know, like our beliefs in UFOs or whatnot. But like, but that's that's different. We can be ignorant. But the goal, of course, is to always be a little less ignorant every day. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that pretty much is it, man. Yeah, it's. This was this was great. Yeah, man, it was it was amazing for our, for our first episode together. Um, you know, you y'all better stay tuned because we are gonna release more content. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and on Google Podcast. Uh, for now, of course, we will get on other platforms soon, and definitely stay tuned for any social media that pops up, uh, so that we can promote our page and our content. Um, uh, Enoch, you got any last words? Um, nothing other than uh, thank you so much for watching. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Enoch has been—it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure, and it's great to have you on the team, man. I definitely needed, uh, you know, a wingman to do this. We need—we need more people like us. We need more people like you, so that we could—we can make our our mission statement true, and we can get people on the on this train not necessarily a, a trump train a left or right train or whatnot just anywhere that is not you know brainwashed anything crazy shit like that you know uh we want people to to actually think for themselves you know that's what we want uh, sure. but with that being said with that being said um stay safe everyone this has been Ezric and enoch and we all wish you a happy new year. Thank you for tuning in to Ignorant.